I'm really digging the new theme song. <laughs> what do you, this is the first time you've done the podcast with, like, with this song. With this song, what do yeah. you think? I don't mind. You don't it. like it. <laughs> I can tell. I don't dislike it. Oh, okay. Can't the, you just the imagine? It's better. Rolling through in a Mazda Miata. <laughs> 73 degree day the top down <laughs> the front lights flipping up uh no like, that's not the big car <laughs> but as the finance guy i gotta choose a car within reasonable retail well that's why you won't let me get my tv <laughs> that's a personal issue i am still I'm waiting on that okay to go get that <laughs> well good luck with that yeah i'm not putting you and my wife in the same room together about that anymore <laughs> So you got to do what I do is when you buy something, you just do it and bring it home. And it's like, hey, no, sorry. I hey. was thinking about you. Were you? <laughs> well, let's jump into the podcast because I'm sure our listeners are like, God, I hate it when Addy just drums on to the, uh, the small talk for two and a half minutes, which I effectively did for the entire intro song. But let's get a camera switch over so I can actually talk about the intro to... M-L-O, the podcast. And today we have a special guest, Lucas Holt. Lucas, say what up. Yep. How are you guys doing today? Well, I'm doing good. I don't think anyone <laughs> else can answer. I hope everybody else is doing well today. I don't I know. Hope everyone's doing I'm good. doing pretty well. I mean, it's Friday in the studio with you. It's always good waiting for the long weekend and everything. And so. we're out here in Portland, Oregon. It's not raining. Yeah, I mean, it's been beautiful this week, actually. I mean, I've I've been pretty happy with it. Been out and about, you know, with my GoPro filming a bunch of stuff this week. So yeah, you've been busy. Well, always got to take advantage of no rain and everything. I've been loving it. So, Well, and that's actually a really good segue because Lucas is a part of our YouTube squad, which I don't know if I, you know, I talk about it from time to time. Heather's a part of the team as well. Jesse Jackson and I'm the lender that gets to help a lot of these agents from our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Living in Portland. And it's all about assisting people relocating from out of state, our neck of the woods, which is the Pacific Northwest. And we do a ton of virtual consults and a ton of virtual showings. So today we're going to bring in Lucas, who brings so much to the table from experience, because not only did he relocate himself over the last couple of years from California up to Oregon, you are now effectively and successfully assisting people doing the same thing you and your wife did, right, Lucas? Exactly. So not only now am I helping and assisting with that whole process, being the real estate agent for all these people, but I've also done it. Right. So moving from San Diego up to Portland here, I actually used Heather Listy as my real estate agent. I used Addy as my mortgage advisor. And, you know, so it just all encompassed, came together. Heather told me I'd be dumb if I didn't come work with you guys. And sure enough, you know, I don't know what sales pitch she used for me, but here I am. I think it's because we have so much fun. There we go. I think so too. That's a big factor (laughs) to it. But you're, you know, and I'll, I'll, um, seriousness though you do a great job with being able to speak from experience of actually moving yourself to a brand new state a new area you hadn't lived in before and that's what i want to jump into today so talk me through a virtual kind of business relationship right obviously and to skip a couple steps guys 
we do upfront Zoom consults with people. So months before individuals are actually coming to visit, maybe for the first time to the area, we have an upfront meeting with myself, the mortgage lender, someone like Lucas, or even more um, agents if it takes. But we've accomplished that, right? And now there's two different kind of buckets, right? Lucas, you're yeah. either boots on the ground with someone shoulder to shoulder, or they're still or back on. virtually. So yeah. yeah, tell me about that. So I think, let's take a step back there first. And okay. I think that initial Zoom meeting is really what gets the whole process up and started on such a great foot to begin with. Um, so as you kind of stated, you know, we have Heather on our team, you, myself, uh, Jessica, a little bit further south towards Salem. And the beauty of that working with the relocation and all that is that we have different people actually living in different pockets of the greater Portland area. So the nice thing is that, I mean, we can really pool all of our ideas together after that Zoom conference, figure out what your likes are, what your interests are. And then from there, kind of pool our minds together and say, hey, I think this area would be great for her or him. I think that this area matches up with exactly what they're vibing with, what their you know interests are on a day-to-day. Because you know downtown Portland, the west side of Portland, north or south all have extremely different vibes to them so it's important if you are going virtually that we have a good idea of what you like to do as well on a day-to-day so i I couldn't agree more give me your take too on the media because this pertains not only to Mm -hmm. our city but others what kind of role is media playing for people as they're researching different homes yeah so obviously i mean uh uh the national media hasn't been doing us any favors around in Portland. And I think it's a little bit unjust um, coming from, you know, San Diego. Um, I've lived in the big city there. Um, I've been around LA a lot, you know, it's, it's not much different than that. I mean, you're really talking about little pockets here and there that might be a little rough around the edges, but all in all, Portland's a great city to live in. Um, one thing that I really suggest, especially for those people relocating here is do your research on YouTube. Um, I think YouTube is just a fantastic platform to go look at, um, whether it be our own channel living in Portland or other people's channels, um, really find those videos that people are out there making content showing different areas around and if you are lucky enough to be able to make a trip out here before you move um i'm a firm believer in not just checking out the city but also checking out the surrounding area so you want to go take a a trip over to like multnomah falls take a trip out to the beach right Right, right. to mount hood all that kind of stuff and then i mean we're, we're such short drives away from all those that that'll also help you decide, you know, kind of what area you want to pick. So we chose North Portland because it's a simple drive down Columbia to get to the gorge, right? Right, right. It's an easy drive to get to Forest Park, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. So, And you guys are close to the airport, which I know your wife has to go. Exactly. So my wife has to go back to San Diego for work about four times a year right now. So about once a quarter ends up honestly being more than that Mm -hmm. so being a short drive to the airport is a big time factor for us as well and then having you know family up in the seattle area now it's easy for us in north portland to just jet right on up there two and a half three hour drive can't argue with that so you're saying you know Mm -hmm. do your research with the different areas on youtube but Mm -hmm. give me some more tips on like hey i really wish that you know i looked into a b and c right or what are the what are the conversations you're having most often with people say they're back home and 
Florida is their home and mm -hmm. they want to look in Southwest Washington and in Portland. What are the questions people are asking you? Yeah. So, cause I, you're like going out right. to see these homes for them yep. most of the time. Yep. So a lot of the questions that I get are, you know, what's the vibe in each different area, right? So that's one thing that I just personally wish I would have known a little bit more when we did move. So North Portland's going to have a little bit different of a vibe than what, you know, your Northeast or your East Portland will have. Um, and it's going to be completely different vibe from there up to Vancouver too. Vancouver's a little bit more laid back right. than your, than your greater Portland area. So um, those are all things to kind of consider when you're going through. Um, if you're looking at North Portland, you know, you're going to be walking a little bit more, but you do have, you know, those restaurants, bars and Kenton, St. John's, all that. Right. You're kind of Northeast to East Portland there. Um, I mean, that's great the, the, um, for all your bars, you know, walking. I mean, you could probably throw a stone and hit, you know, three, four great bars, food places, restaurants, uh, all that kind of stuff on that side too. So um, and then when you kind of go out to the west side, that's when you have your Beaverton, your Hillsboroughs, you know, Heather's favorite adage is it's soccer mom country, right? And, right, right, right. you know, so it's just that different vibe, you know, yeah. is what, what works best for you. I think too, and like a lot of the people listening won't know any of those areas you're talking about, but I think the kicker is you got to work with someone that understands that word vibe. I'm going to take that as a technical term. Yep. Because there are these different clusters, and I think the conversations that you and I are having a lot, especially in that intro call, is describing what the energy and the vibe is for those areas. And mm -hmm. before that, we're getting to know these people. And yeah. the most like first top questions are like, what does Friday and Saturday look like for you? Right. What does a three-day weekend look for you? Are you homebody? Are you a explorer? What are you doing on your free time? Are yeah. you a dive barer? Yep. Totally different than someone that might be a suburbia. Are you, do you have any kids? Do you plan to have kids? Like there's so many different factors. And I think I want to encourage people not to just call, say an internet agent. Mm -hmm. I can't name names for legal reasons, but we all know who the cheap ones are. Cause guess what their main priority is? Just selling you a home as quick as, as quick as possible. Cause that's how they get paid comparatively with working with someone say like Lucas or a specialist in relocation. They know from personal experience, what you're going through. Mm -hmm. They know from a long list of other clients, what the, the wins and the losses are, what's going through in their head and you can navigate and accommodate accordingly. Exactly. And I think that's, that's one of the big reasons why I wanted to join your team is really going forward as we kind of pride ourselves in is we'll talk you out of more homes than we'll talk you into, especially being virtual. You need somebody to actually tell you how it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to paint little rainbows over something that's a complete dump, right? Right. I want to tell you exactly how it is, what I view it as, you know, what others might perceive it as, and give you an actual view of the home that you're looking at. Um, that's the thing that I always say, virtually buying, I, I want to be upfront and honest as much as possible. Um, I mean, there's been houses before that I've walked into and I've told people over FaceTime, like you, you just don't want to see the inside of this. It's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Or then, you know, the neighbors to the right, 
it looks like a dump. And you might get somebody who's mm-hmm. not being transparent about that. And they just want to sell you the home. And it's like, exactly. oh, crud. And I mean, that's one, that's an important thing to note over a virtual buyer is that, you know, you have to choose an agent that you trust, you know, and somewhat know because you want to trust them to be able to show the whole, uh, the whole picture of right. what you're potentially buying. Uh, for example, there was one client that we were working with not too long ago in December there, uh, walked into a home. It was, a, it was a nice home, you know, definitely a contender for him. But when I was going through, I had to show him the neighbor, right? It was one of those shotgun Portland, uh, townhome styles, uh, tall and skinny that were detached yeah. that we'd always talk about yeah, yeah. and you know, great home. But once you got into the back side of the home, walked out the back entrance, and now all of a sudden you take a look to your right with the neighbor, trash everywhere. And obviously, I mean, you want a good neighbor, and that just wasn't, you know, that wasn't their vibe. So that's, you you want somebody to show you the good, the bad, the ugly when you're buying virtually, and that's what I pride myself on. And going back to that point you were saying where you're going to talk people out of buying a home more than in. I think that mentality is a really good thing. If you're out there shopping for an agent and trying to find the right person, Mm -hmm. take note of what their priorities are because they should be yours, not theirs. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm overstressing on this because I've seen it a lot. I've worked with a ton of agents over the last six years and I've seen people just push into homes. They don't care. They're trying to do the least amount of work, get paid as quickly as possible. And that is absolutely the wrong mentality. Exactly. And I can't stress on that enough. You need to be hearing things like, hey, my priorities are yours. It's what's best for your family. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's two, three years away. Yep. And that is okay if that's right for your plan. And unfortunately, that's not the majority mindset. Yep. People might say that, but do they mean it? Exactly. And I mean, my viewpoint when when I was about buying my home, you know, it, you don't have to sell a home to somebody, right? You need to show somebody a home and they will fall in love with it. Yeah. yeah. And that's always my thing is you'll know that home when you come across that home. You'll know which one you want to move forward with. So it's really my job to present those homes to you and then be that negotiator on the back end for you and take a look at all that contract work and everything. So talk to me about doing the FaceTime tours. Yeah. So yeah, like I know, you know, we have a couple of mutual clients right now. Talk to me what, the, like, tell me from the start, are you pulling up and then it's like FaceTime from the car? Or That's what? exactly it. Yeah. You know, go? FaceTime and we don't discriminate. You don't have to be an Apple user. We'll use Androids too. I have Google Duo on my phone. Okay. I've so, never even heard of that. Yes. Okay, yes. Cool. I'm working with somebody right now. We use Google Duo all the time. Are we really saying we don't discriminate? Right. We, coming we, from you Apple. You don't have to have an <laughs> Apple phone. You don't need an iPhone. All right. <laughs> so, you need a phone with a camera. Uh, right exactly so or a screen it's it's great i mean i i'm i love doing virtual uh showings um i mean there's there are some stuff that obviously you know virtually you're not going to see quite as much as if you're in person um that's your job exactly and that's my job when i come in so i was actually just showing home uh this past week um and it it turned out to be one, you know, it's kind of like, you know, your real estate photographers, you know, come in, take beautiful pictures of the home and everything. Yeah. And granted, it was a great home. But upon further inspection, I mean, I just started some seeing some stuff that were off, right? Mm-hmm. So some cracked weatherproofing, some seals on doors and windows, that kind of stuff yeah. that, you know, 
being showing just on FaceTime, you might not get it off of quick glance, but that's the stuff that I'm gonna take my phone and I'm gonna put it right up there and you're gonna see exactly what I'm looking at. You're gonna see if there's any cracks in the grouting and the tiles, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I, I, I really try and show when I'm out there virtually is if there's something that would be a caution flag to myself, yeah, I'm going to show you. Um, so that's, that's one thing to always keep in mind is that I'm always there, you know, to, to, you know, be there as long as you need me to be on those virtual shows. And that, those little details play a huge role for me as the lender, because a lot of the structuring and strategizing I do with our clients, there's a big picture goal. Hey, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do with this house? Is it your dream home? Is it something you're going to convert into a rental? Is it something that you're going to sell in five years? And when it comes to analyzing a property, I lean on someone like Lucas to be like, okay, we definitely need to account for A, B, and C. You know, we need to replace the windows because they're single pane and we need to get them up to double, right? The roof maybe has a couple more years left on it. And I see an overall in bathroom number three. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I'm going to know exactly how much it's costing, but I know how to factor into the mortgage strategy. Okay, we're going to sell this in five years. That was that person's goal. From what Lucas has told me, you know, we need to account for maybe six thousand to twelve thousand dollars in updates and maintenance. Mm-hmm. And that plays into how much down payment, what interest rate I'm gonna choose based on being in it for five years, exactly. how I'm gonna structure the closing costs. Because I don't want people to unnecessarily use liquidity, cash, hard earned money when they might need it for step two of their mortgage strategy. So there's a lot to the lender agent piece. And especially when it's virtual, you need to work with people that understand that form of communication. Exactly. And to kind of tie into that a little bit further. And I mean, that's why, you know, a good relationship uh, started off of those Zoom conferences, phone calls. I mean, I'm texting people all the time that I'm working with, you know, just, you know, hey, what's up, you know, kind of get get an idea of, you know, their mindset, what they like, what they don't like. Um, Because then that helps me too, when I actually go into a home, be able to say like, hey, like, for example, today, I saw a home that was uh, uh, built in 2008. Nice home, really nice home. It really hadn't done any updates since it was built. So yeah. it just just a little bit outdated. Sure. Really well maintained, though. Very well maintained. And at the end of the day, though, I knew my client. I know what he's been looking at and what he really likes. And so that was when I was able to actually show him those little areas where I was like, all right, well, let's talk to Addy. Let's develop that mortgage strategy because right. I know you personally, you're going to want to update this, this, or this. And that will play into, hey, what's our down payment? You know, what's our monthly payment? How quickly am I going to be able to make this into the home that I love? That's a good point, too, because everyone has their money in different places. Sometimes it's super simple just sitting in a savings account. But some people are getting 25% of their down payment from grandma and grandpa. (laughs) Some people have got a third of it in stocks that still need to be liquidated. Some people might be borrowing from their 401k or being contingent on a sale of another property. Mm -hmm. There's an infinite amount of scenarios, but understanding that budget and the structure and each house might need a little different thing. That helps me say like, okay, great. We are going to pull X amount from savings and X amount, say, uh, loan for my retirement, and we're not going to touch your 
interest-yielding accounts, your stocks, right. because I've noticed that you're killing it right now, <laughs> making 12 to 18%. That's the last place I want you to pull your money out. So for that particular exactly. property, can I make the structuring work without touching that other income-generating funnel? Mm -hmm. It's really, really big. But I love that you're telling that story about the smallest. I would assume, too, you're looking at, like, foundation not that that's your job but you're taking a glance at that here we have a ton of rain yep. so you got to look at like slope and how things are funneling yeah and i mean that really plays into you know we have to develop a relationship where virtually i mean you trust me right so me showing you via facetime you might not see all that little kind of the nooks and crannies that i'm able to right i i'm six foot ten Looking at a roof from my perspective is actually pretty easy when you're this tall, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the stuff, though, that you might not be able to see via FaceTime or Google Duo or anything like that, where I'm able to see in person, hey, you know, us having this much rain, is there moss on the roof? Does it need to get treated? Is there been treatment? How many rows of shingles are already on the house? Can I see one row of shingles? Is there three? And that all plays into, you know, the maintenance down the road for you. Because in Oregon here, we're allowed to have three layers of shingles before you replace a roof. And just adding another layer of shingles is much less cost than replacing your entire roof. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you need to rely on me when I'm there to be able to take a look at stuff like that. Foundational wise, that's a little bit easier to show when I'm in a virtual showing. I can see if there's any cracks or any of that kind of stuff. But then, I mean, there's also issues like dry rot on siding, right? So it's, it's pretty common to have kind of wood siding on uh, Portland homes here. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy for somebody to go over just paint it over before they sell a home right so that's what i look at too when i'm showing you virtually is that i'm going to go through and i'm kind of i'm going to knock on some wood and everything i'm going to see you know hey is there any dry rot in there i'm going to go take a look at all the siding and make sure that it's actually you know still intact that there's no dry rot going on so it's all those little things from the outside of the home i'm going to be checking as we go and then also always showing that neighborhood as well right so mm, there's the it, surroundings the vibe exactly the neighbors so, yep there's there's some people like like today when i was showing this home it was right across the street from a school um not saying that's good or bad that might be somebody's vibe that might not be right. somebody else's vibe right but from the start of it you know i was showing the front of the house did our tour and everything kind of clicked in my mind you know we should show that part and that's something that might that that some people might skip over that i definitely want to show everybody is you know you want to see your surroundings you want to see what the neighbors are like not only on one side or the other, but you want to see that whole block really, how well is that whole block maintained? Mm -hmm. What's on the other side of the street from you? And that's what we really have to show from the outside when we're doing those virtual showings. It's so important. And it reminds me too, of even our neighborhood, um, which is great, but you can be kind of in a whole nother world, just a couple football fields away. The one example that comes in my head for our neighborhood in North Portland is that block that had that RV. Yep. There was a random RV that had parked there and it was, I'm gonna assume they were homeless. Not that we have issues on in our neighborhood with the homeless, but for some reason they parked there and they camped there. Mm -hmm. And then if I were, it would be really easy for an agent that all they wanted to do was sell a home that was a block away mm -hmm. from that RV to walk around not showing you that. Exactly. Then you buy and you're like, 
oh crud like that's a real thing and actually both homes right next to that the issue had been resolved have now been put on the market and sold yep. and those people that are buying them they have no idea that that was a main parking spot for an rv mm -hmm. so it's just like those little things and i'll tell you it's unfortunate but and i don't always get to work with people that are you know my consistent agents but i've also worked with one-off scenarios mm -hmm. and i've experienced it i've experienced like this ultra disconnect right. from the lender to the agent like i had a client text me just this week and was like um so my agent says we need to go non-contingent meaning they need to be able to buy this home mm -hmm. without having to sell and there's no way in god's earth we could do it based on the income the credit and the in yeah. how much money we had all the equities in the current home so there's right. no we couldn't do anything unless we sell it but normally with someone like lucas or heather jesse jessica a normal relationship we wouldn't be wasting our time back and forth on that because we huddled up on the zoom and hashed that out three months ago mm -hmm. we're all on the same page there's no back and forth and we would get creative on it too we if we knew you were contingent we wouldn't have wasted time showing you homes with a selling agent that's saying, we aren't accepting contingent offers. Lucas would have called ahead and been like, hey, this is my situation. Is this even entertainable? Mm -hmm. Or you would know because of the local market, there's seven of these same homes within two miles. So there's way more supply than demand. So we have an opportunity mm -hmm. versus the agent who doesn't care, just wants to make life easier. Exactly. No, nope, but I just want it easy on me. Nope, they're not going to accept your offer. They're not trying. Mm -hmm. It's super unfortunate. Yeah. And, you know, that that's a that's a key showing these houses virtually as well as that, you know, showing everything, the big picture of everything that's going into it. So we we have a house right now that's currently uh, in escrow and uh, uh, again, relocation from California. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was great. I mean, it's a it's a new build out out in Forest Grove, yep. a new construction community. Yeah. And the great part was, is, you know, I. I, I got to talking to them and the reason why they chose Forest Grove is because, you know, they, they like kind of like the country, right? right. Not really saying Forest Grove is country, but right. it's a little bit more away yeah. from everything else. Right. Sure. It's easy to get over, you know, into the wilderness from there. Um, but the reason why they settled on that is because I went through and I actually, you know, just videoed everything around there sent them you know what right. what is forest grove like what's the actual city like mm -hmm. of forest grove but then how easy is it to get it out of forest grove i sent them a video five minutes long of i was in the city and then all of a sudden i was in cornfield and yeah. i great view of mount hood and everything well that that sold them on it right there it's like forest grove was the place for them right. because of how easy it was to get out so it's that thing like i'm always willing i want to show you everything not just your block but yeah, you know everything that mm -hmm. that goes into it it's so good and i think to slide into conclusion is a half backpedal to the repair stuff mm -hmm. because something that i've noticed too luke is with people that aren't working cohesively on the lending and the agent side mm -hmm. and working with, you know, someone that's knows what they're doing and speaking transparently. Yeah. So what Lucas was talking about, and this is a great takeaway guys, where he's taking notes on things like the foundation, the roof, the siding and addressing those mm -hmm. upfront before you've even made a yes or no decision. A lot of people will just be like, yeah, it looks great. And the buyer agent will get you into contract 
And then you'll go and pay 600 to $800 for a property inspection, money out of your pocket. The inspector then brings it up and is like, hey, this is an issue. Yep. Now you feel blindsided, but the agent who doesn't care and just wants to close, guess what they're going to say? Well, we, we're just going to have to deal with it. Yep. The market's too hot to have high demand on repairs, meaning when you get an accepted offer, there's time to inspect the property and you can back out without consequence. But a lot of people will present what's called an addendum, a repair to, hey, yep. fix A, B, and C, and we're good. When the, de when the demand goes really high and the supply goes down, there's no negotiating most mm -hmm. of the time. It defaults to only health and safety issues so a lot of those repairs are out of your pocket and you can get put into a really bad position. I've seen agents get quotes back and be like, oh, this is gonna be $8,000 to fix. The seller doesn't wanna do it because they got people in line that are gonna take the house and they're sitting there, I can't do this. And the agent's just like, well, take it or leave it. And they're a total jerk about it. Yep. Versus that upfront, hey guys, we gotta talk to Addy. Do you have the money in case we can't negotiate to have this fixed? This is before offering. All those things should be ironed out. The mm -hmm. accepted offer to close should be landing the plane without any turbulence, right, Lucas? Exactly, exactly. And so we actually had a client in last summer where we helped them into a home and it, it, it was an older build. It was a turn of the century, early 1900s build in mm. Portland here. And going into it, you know, we fully, fully disclosed, you know, this is an older home, you know, might have some issues. And sure enough, I mean, it had a crack in the foundation. We took a look at it when we were out there, you know, and then when we put in the offer, had the accepted offer, obviously it's going to get called out on an inspection report, Sorry. right? But that's one really cool thing about working with our team is that we have worked with this relocation so much that it, it wasn't a new thing for us to handle, right? We have mm. people that we can reach out and contact and real quick, we were able to get a quote and be able to say, hey, this is how much it's going to cost to fix it, or does it even need to be fixed? Turns out, didn't even need to be fixed. It was an old thing in there. But that's just one thing working with us, showing you virtually. We're going to be honest right away. We've we've done this many, many times. We're going to be able to, you know, rough ballpark, you know, what it would be to fix something like that. Work with you, decide, hey, if we have enough money in retainer to be able to fix it, if it's something that needs to be done. Yeah. And then once inspection comes up, if it's something that's a big concern, we have the ability to go out and get you really accurate yeah. quotes really quickly to stay within that. And if you're period. using a discount agent, they're not going to put mm -hmm. the time, money and effort and lean on their network to help you out. They're going to open the door, get the offer in mm -hmm. and Sarnara yep. because they're making less money mm -hmm. and they're matching that less compensation with the effort. Exactly. So I really encourage everyone as we slide to an outro music, it's, Let's summarize this. Work with the team if you're going to relocate that focuses on out-of-state relocation mm -hmm. that has experience doing it. Cohesiveness with the lender agent side, yep. right? They're going to talk you out of homes more than in. Exactly. And this is extremely important to also have that upfront call. Don't decide you're going to do that and then, you know, you're going to try to buy on the weekends and call the listing agent and do the dual stuff. It doesn't work out, mm -hmm. guys. The discount angle, not good. Have a plan. 
lean on local people that know what they're doing, right? Yep. Anything else to add before we close it out? No, just let me work for you at the end of the day, right? So the only way I can help you is if you reach out. So, you know, yeah. uh, reach out to us. I'm more than happy, you know, any way possible, whether it's just a quick phone call, pick my brain with whatever you have, or if you want to go see a home, whatever, I'm more than happy to help out any way possible. Yeah, shoot us a direct line. We have that VIP number. If it's easiest to text, reach out because we have your back when it comes to relocating from anywhere across the country. We are physically in the Pacific Northwest, but our network spans all across all 50 states. Oh yeah. So we can actually introduce you to people that are doing the same thing that we are doing. So thank you again. I want to thank everyone that has chimed in to this episode. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Man of the rocks. <laughs> I got the right color. Is this like the it. weekend or something? <laughs> no, dude, that's just from the website.